You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. That famous quote by the extraordinary Maya Angelou is exactly why I speak. It's why I tell my story and mix education around the topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy with motivation, inspiration, and purpose. So when you're looking for your next keynote or breakout session speaker, reach out. Find me at my website, jshiffman.com, and I promise you, your employees, your group members, the students at your school, everybody will come away having learned something. And that's how we create change. Reach out today. Spread love. Choose a struggle. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a very special Monday edition of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. What you're going to hear today is the audio-only version of the A Day in the Life episode number two, featuring my good friend, comedian, and podcast host, Spark Tabor, as he tells a story that was originally broadcast back a couple weeks ago in early May. Now, uh, for most of you who, who have caught these events in uh, live, you know that, that they include video. So what you're getting is just the audio. And if you want to make sure that you, you get the video in the future, click on the links in the show notes. Now, Spark's story today is very raw. It deals with the first time he was called the N-word and um, how he had to learn at a young age about race and racism and, and, and that. And we have a very interesting discussion afterwards uh, kind of tying in that to the first time I was called something derogatory for being Jewish. And, and it just is a very – it was a very vulnerable and, and, and I think a very uh, healthy conversation. So if this is something that you struggle around or, or if this is – if you're listening with kids in the car, which I, I don't know why you would do uh, you know, a year and a half into this podcast, probably not the best thing. But if you are, uh, this is a tough one. So uh, maybe have that conversation with them before. Uh, but if, if nothing else, enjoy this episode. Episode with Spark Tabor. Hello, welcome to a day in the life presented by Choose Your Struggle and featuring tonight our incredible storyteller Spark Tabor. I am Jay Schiffman. I'm your host, and I know my green screen isn't working. That's okay. We're gonna roll with it tonight. Uh, at the bottom of the screen, you'll see my links currently uh, flashing along the bottom. I can see them right there. That's where you can find me, find all of my work. Once Spark starts, I'll, I'll make sure his are, his are at the bottom of the screen too. Um, you'll also see on the screen right now a uh, ad for Bookshop. Uh, Bookshop is our presenting partner for the evening. Uh, Bookshop is pretty incredible. If you've not heard of them, they are a large book retailer uh, like Amazon, but not soulless. Mm -hmm. What they will do, which is very, very uh, special and, and very important to me as a big uh, reader, avid reader, they will donate a, a portion of every sale to a local bookstore of your choice. Uh, so I have it set on my favorite bookstore here in Philadelphia. You can pick your own. You can change it up. You know, this bookstore gets this order. That one gets the next order. Whatever you want to do. Um, and, and that's why I work with them because I just think it's 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 a great idea. Uh, it's a good way to support your local bookstore, a bookstore. Find all the books you want anyways. And if you go through this link, bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, you'll also support my podcast, these, uh, these A Day in the Life events, all the work I'm doing. So uh, check them out. That's how I'm able to do stuff like this. Uh, check out 
bookshop. So one more thing that I do uh, have, if you're interested in my work, uh, I do sell these very beautiful tank tops. My my guest for tonight, Spark Tabor, has one. Um, they've they've sold very well. I've got a few left. I've got some other merch ideas, but I, I I'm being disciplined. I can't buy more merch. Uh, unlike my guest tonight, I can't buy more merch until uh, I get rid of uh, the first round of 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 merch. Get rid of is the wrong word. I'm not throwing away. But until I send out all of them. So if you're interested, uh, drop a comment here. Message me on the social media. Find me on my website, do whatever, and say, hey, let me get one of those sweet, sweet tank tops. I also sell um, wristbands. Uh, you can see me wearing one here. Uh, stickers that look exactly like the, the dude up in the top corner, but they're shiny, and that's pretty cool. Uh, so, so all of that can be had if you want to support this work. So definitely reach out. Now, what is this event tonight? What is a day in the life? I do this every couple of weeks. Uh, the goal of this is pretty simple. It's, it's, it's a, a, an event to help build community around storytelling. That's it. It's, it's that straightforward. Uh, the first one was, was three weeks ago because we had, a, we had Rock Bottom, my other event in between, and, and it featured the incredible storyteller Sean Braley. Uh, I've got a great lineup for you coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, so wherever you're watching this, uh, follow, subscribe, all the, all the things, and you'll stay up on uh, these events. Um, and, and check out the Choose Your Circle podcast, which is something else I do that drops twice a week. Uh, you can get that everywhere you get your podcasts. I think that's enough about me because I'm just your host. And, and the way this will work is in a minute here, I'm going to bring on my incredible guest and uh, he'll tell a story. And then at the end of it, I'll come back and I'll interview him about that story. Now, I haven't heard this story before. That's that's what makes these events special. I may know this story. I've known this guest for a long time, but but I've not heard him tell it. So I'll be hearing it fresh with you. Uh, if you have questions and, and knowing my guests as well as I do, I think we're all going to have questions. So, so please uh, drop those in the comments wherever you are watching this. I can see those. So it'd be really helpful um, for me to ask the questions that you have uh, when, when Spark is uh, done with his story. So about our guest tonight. Spark Tabor is a guy that I've known since we, I was 13 when we met. Uh, he was 12, I think, maybe 10. Uh, he's, he's always been very advanced for his age. So uh, he's, he's a, a couple years younger than me. He um, has been my best friend almost since day one. You know, he's one of those guys that you, that I had that, this moment of, and I'm not going to tell this story, but he knows it. Uh, when we kind of realized we were closer than family, uh, that is a story for another day. For sure. Um, but he's a guy that I literally talk to every single day uh, and, and and one of one of my favorite people in this world. So when I said to him, hey, I would love for you to join me for this before I finish that sentence, he was just like, great. When when am I doing it? So uh, really fantastic person, really, really funny guy. And, and, and for all of you who are fans of his comedy, I remember the days where seriously, it was me, his then girlfriend and the club owner in the club. That that's how, that's how far back I go and watching spark Tabor comedy. So he'll come on now. And the first question spiz that I, I'm going to bring you on that, that I have for you is, you know, I know that you don't like tooting your own horn, but, but be honest with us, how many funniest person, contest have you won now uh, two, uh four yeah that's a lot that's a lot of times being the funniest person in a given area whether it's a state or a city um or or the, the planet earth at this point so uh 
you know, I, I, I am sure that we're in for a treat tonight. And, and in fact, in your honors, Biz, I didn't tell you this before we came on, but I picked up some cookies that I'm going to enjoy oh, while, okay. while watching you tell this story. I'm, I, I'm a big cookie guy, but, you know, next to you, uh, nobody can really call themselves a cookie fan. You kind of blow us out of the water. So without further ado, I'm going to take myself backstage and I'm going to sit back. I'm going to eat these cookies and okay. I'm gonna enjoy a story from Spark Tabor. Yeah, I do uh, love cookies. I've got the cavities to prove it. Uh, I could show you on camera right now, but I don't think that's what we're here for. And you guys haven't given me any money. Uh, thank you, Jay, for having me. Uh, <laughs> I uh, am happy to be here. And uh, I love Jay very much. And you guys should uh, buy all of his merch and then also his freedom. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, N-word. Uh, huh, I know, right? Like, oh, no, <laughs> this is a twist. Uh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're going to talk about the first time that I was ever called the N-word, at least to my face. Uh, who knows what people whisper as you walk away. Uh, and it happened very young. I do want to preface this now. Uh, I do want to preface this with, again, saying that when I tell this story, often people get very bummed out. Everything's fine. Uh, I'm still here. I'm not angry. At, at, at any white men in particular. Uh, me and Jay made it. There's evidence right there. See, I have one friend. Um, here's the, here's the, here, here was the ghost. So I was, I was six years old, five or six. I don't remember. Uh, it was kindergarten or first grade. It, it's hard for me to pinpoint it at that exact moment. Uh, and we were playing soccer. Now, I should say, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm a bit competitive. Um, so like whatever you have in your mind right now, uh, you're going to need to triple it, right? Like, no, like, yeah, spark sports, right? No, just in general, you want to play a board game. You want to, uh, do some trivia. You want to play, um, charades. I'm going to be angry if I lose. And that, and that started young. I don't know where it came from. My mom doesn't care at all about any of that. Uh, she, she couldn't care less. Uh, but uh, it, it just it just laid deep within me, I, <laughs> waiting to scratch his way out. So anyway, me and this kid are playing uh, soccer, like little one-on-one. -on -one. We're like playing some, some sort of game, and uh, I'm doing better than he is. Um, I also don't like sore losers, right? Like I know Spark is so competitive. I'm not a sore loser. I just shut down, right? But anyway, we'll, we'll get – that's not the point of this. So things aren't going well for this kid, whatever game we were playing or whatever. And so he starts kind of like making fun of me. I don't know what he was saying, like as a little kid, like you're a butt face or whatever. Uh, and I decide that to get back at him, I'm just going to ratchet it up. Whatever we're doing, I'm that much better than him that I can do it. And I end up kind of playing keep away with the ball. Uh, and then he tries to take his ball and go home after uh, after a little argument that we had, and me not being the most emotionally intelligent at that at that young young age, uh, I, I could have said, "Hey, the way that you're talking to me is uh, bumming me out, right? Like the way that you're expressing. I understand that you're frustrated right now, but um, this isn't the way that we express ourselves, young man." But instead, I got angry and I kicked his ball over the fence. And I said, uh, essentially, I uh, sang proverbially and literally, if you want to take your ball, go get it. 
It was at that moment that he said, like, why did you do that? You, you, you dumb block, right? Um, now, I didn't know what that word meant, because again, five or six, cinco or seis, right? There's a lot of words I haven't learned yet. That's one of them. But I did understand uh, intent. I did understand uh, the way that people say things makes a difference. Um, so I knew that whatever he said, it was an insult. And I knew the person that when I didn't know what a word meant was my mom, right? So he says it, he's upset, he's yelling at me to go get his ball. And uh, I'm like, no, something feels a bit off, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I've been called a booger eater before or whatever. Like I've, I've had people tell me that my converses don't look too cool, right? Like I've, I've had the insults, but this feels off. Like something's in the wind, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like when you know someone's near you, but you can't see them because you can just sense that something's askew. So I go to my mom, kid's so upset, he's crying. I should, I should mention this, by the way. He wasn't crying before. Uh, I don't know if he also felt internally that like he had, he had overstepped the boundary, but he started to cry. So I go to my mom, the kid's yelling at me, like from a distance. Mom's like, what's going on? I tell her what he said. She doesn't go to the kid because child, because obviously he didn't come up with this himself, right? Like, like he's like he's not sitting there at home looking up words, right? Like, I'm gonna say this, right? Like there's obviously influences from around him, his parents or his grandparents, or both um, that have taught him, not only this is the word to use, but those are the people to say it to. I go to my mom and I say, this is what he said. She walks calmly over to the, the father who's consoling his son. And she goes, you know, your son, like, she goes, like, can I, can I talk to you over here, like, away from the kid? And I was like, just whatever you have to say, say it. She asked uh, if he knew. Well, no, no. First, she tells him what the kid said. And the dad takes a pause and then looks my mom dead in the eye, straight face, and goes, well, what did your son do? Now, my mom isn't ready for this, right? Like, she, she, she was prepared for the uppercut. But then as she blocked that, there was, a, there was a light jab, right, to the chest. Not enough to knock you down, just enough to wake you up. Like, okay, we're fighting now. She takes a beat. She asks him what he said. Like, like, she gives him a chance to say, hey, the response that you just gave was poor, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the teacher called on you in the class. They said, what's three plus three? You said 22. And the teacher isn't going to tell you it's not 22. She's going to give you a second chance. Like, like, what did you say the answer was? And then internally, you know, hey, it's not 22. Now, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about, but I know that that's the wrong number. The dad doesn't skip a beat. He repeats himself, also very calm. What did your son do? When here's, here's something I didn't know at the time, but I could feel it. When two adults are angry and neither of them are yelling, this is trouble, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like something's about to go down. When neither people are yelling and they're clearly upset, you need to move away from this situation if you're not ready to jump in and be in this situation. So my mom asked me what happened. As I begin to tell the story, the kid starts screaming, I kicked, like he kicked my ball over, you know, the thing. And it's like, well, there's a bit more to it, right? Like, again, I'm five, so I don't know exactly how to say that, but I was like, well, he was actually kind of rude before because he had mentioned my shoes or whatever. And uh, my mom goes, did you kick the ball 
over? And I said, yeah, I did, for sure. Not. And she looks back at him and goes, so my son did kick the ball. Are you okay with what your son did? And then the dad skips right over, skips right, of course, because of course he did, right? Skips right over the whole thing and goes, your son did this. My son had like had had a reaction. Who's going to get the ball, right? Like that's like, <laughs> it was it was all about the ball for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, like a snitch and quit it. Shout out to Diddy, because I know he's watching. He just hyper-focused on like, instead of the larger issue, of, hey, this is a racial slur that your son is ready, willing, and able to at a moment's notice. And he's five or six. And not and like, just not a flinch of like, hey, we don't talk like that. No, what he said was justified because you did something he didn't like. So why don't you worry about not doing something he doesn't like and he'll worry about nothing whatsoever because he's my son. And I'm not going to hold him or myself accountable. Um, so uh, I thought my mom was going to go make me get the ball. I was I was prepared to go walk and get the ball. And in my head, I'm planning that I'm going to pretend to hand it to him and then roll it away. Right? Like, that's my, <laughs> like, I'm going to stick it to him again. He's like, right here. And I'm like, over there. But my mom, because that's, that's the person my mom is. She's going to be like, go over there, pick up the ball, hand it to him nicely, say I'm sorry, and then we're going home. And then you're probably not going to get a TV or something. But at that point, she realized what I, it took me a while to realize, is that this guy is too far gone, right? Like there are people you can reason with, there are people that you can't. And this guy is in the can't category. That doesn't mean he can't, that doesn't mean he'll be there forever. But at this exact moment, he he sees no real fault. He sees he sees no real issue. And that was my first lesson for two things. One, I my I had already been told by my mother that being black mattered, right? And I had no idea how because it hadn't mentioned it hadn't come up before in my life. So I noticed I learned for the first time that being black mattered and that that, that can be a negative experience. And two, that there are fights, proverbial and real worth walking away from. And that's exactly what we did. We went home, she explained exactly what happened and why we didn't engage with that person anymore. And uh, those are two important lessons to, to learn uh, for everyone, right? Like regardless of your identity, that people are going to assess value, whatever you are, to your appearance and kind of the culture surrounding that. and that sometimes that's just none of that's just that's that that's just not worth engaging in right like hopefully those people uh leave the earth soon uh and have as little influence over other people that are going to be here for a while as possible but either way i've got other stuff to do protect yourself kings and queens uh and so yeah that's that i once again want to remind you i'm good everything is fine um and uh, actually, me and that little boy, uh, uh, he's an adult now, of course, are getting married. So look at that, right? Like, it's a whole, like, it's going to be weird when his dad's there. Like, oh, boy, <laughs> it's me. I kicked the ball over his fence, and now I handle him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> what a change of pace. 
no, uh, I have no idea what that person is doing with his life. But hopefully he's a better version of an adult man than his dad. So with that, I, I will end my time. Uh, thank you. Uh, take care of yourself and others. Absolutely. I am Spark Springer or Jerry Sparker. Is that is that better? Yeah. Anyway, that, is, that that's going to be the end of my story. Uh, as always, hugs, hearts, smooches and goodbye. Oh, man. That was wonderful. Thank you. Round of applause wherever you are for Mr. Spark Tabor. Thank you, y'all. So uh, I, I have to say, first off, I literally laughed out loud when you said the words, what did your son do in response to, like, I choked on the cookie I was eating and was like, holy shit, that's so funny because we're so far removed from this situation, and I'm so not surprised. Like, that's why this is funny. You know, like, that. With the absurdity of that, like, was hilarious to me. Oh, I, yeah, it, I think it's funny. I've tried this on stage multiple times different ways, and it's never landed. Because, <laughs> again, people get too bummed out. But I think it's funny. So it, your story made me think of two things. Number one, we all have those memories. And that's what this is what this is for, of, of learning a word that we don't understand and using it. Now, I'm not saying that this kid, this, this kid's parents may have coached him. Like, this is the word you say. I don't think so. I think he picked it up somewhere and knew that it was a thing he shouldn't say, but did it anyways. Uh, I might be giving the six-year-old too much credit. I don't know. That being said, mine was the word pussy. A hundred percent. I read it on a, on the back. I remember this succinctly. I read it on the back of a bus uh, seat. It was set at Seven Hills, riding the bus home. Someone had written pussy on the back of the seat. And I was like, that's a cool word. And I was literally just walking on the house saying it. And my mom all but slapped me. So, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, yeah. I don't know what this word means, but I like it. I was I was in single digits. I thought that word was was fantastic. Unfortunately, you were on the receiving end of this experience in a way worse way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all of us. I said I said fuck when I was uh, in third grade because somebody I was I was saying that's funky, and then someone was like, if you take the n and the y out, that's a bad word, and I was like, fuck what? Because I didn't know what the word meant. I had, I never heard it. Uh, so yeah, of course it happens to everybody and it, it happens both ways to everyone eventually for something, right? Like you get made fun of for something that's a bit over the line <laughs> on like what we're allowed quote unquote to say. And, uh, you kind of have to uh, learn quickly <laughs> what that word meant, or maybe you're lucky enough to already have known what the word meant. I, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but fortunate educated i don't know whatever the word should should be well and the other thought that i had was listening to this is that if you are part of a out group or of a, of a minority group you at some point have an experience that people who are not part of an out group cannot understand and that is when you are first made aware that you are other right and you were there for my experience of that and it was, you know, the story I've told the story before of I was wrestling for a ball in gym and in, 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 it was either gym class or we were playing basketball at, at, at lunchtime in seventh grade. And uh, a, a kid at our school uh, and I both dove for the ball and he hit me and pushed me off him and said, get off me, you Jew. And I was my, my brain could not handle that statement at that moment. It was like, 
what what like why but i lost it like that was my response was just to lose my shit and beat his ass and it was this whole big thing because i ended up getting suspended from school he got suspended from school that being said this kid was like a known neo-nazi in a, as a seventh grader which was kind of weird yes uh, at our school um and this was also what 20 years ago uh, so it would, I, I think it would be a little less weird today, right? Because they would be like, oh, he's not supposed to be at our school, but also that happens all the time. Then it was like, whoa, wait a minute. In the, in, in the late nineties, this, yeah. this kid's a neo-Nazi and he's beating up a Jew at school. Wait a minute. And, and my parents lost it. So it sounds like your mom handled this situation way better than, than my dad did during that, that experience. Uh, well, I mean, I, um, Sorry, Josie's get out of here. Um, it's I can't. I it's hard for me to imagine as an like as a parent how I'd handle that. Like I understand now if someone were to say that to me, like I I wouldn't like I wouldn't be like ah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it depends a lot on like context because I have very not very recently, but recently when people have used that word around me, it, it's them trying to be affectionate. Like it's it's not it's not a like a, a, like a, a like hate thing. I mean, I like time out. What, how can someone be affectionate using one of two words if we buy this scientific argument that literally we cannot say because they are so like terrible and they're, they're, they're just we, we cannot utter them. How can someone be affectionate using that word? Well, you know, I mean, because other black people use an affection with other black people. So then oh, people... oh I, I thought you meant like someone was like trying to be nice. I, I didn't understand. OK. Um, well, so that, and then also even white people or non-black people that, uh, are, that see that, that see it's a term of endearment between us will think that, oh, why well, I, I can also use it as a term of endearment. That's the majority of the time that it's been used around me the last five years have, have been, or outside of black people have been non-black people wanting to like ingratiate like hello what's up my you know what i'm saying like or that's my you know whatever like not in a negative way and a very much like i i appreciate you like you matter blah 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 and it's that's not how i want to be referred to like by anyone of any race but uh i get it are you trying to tell us that they're like that is a i i thought we'd all come to understand that you are you cannot do that white people you cannot do that you're telling me that still happens to you in 2021 i mean it hasn't happened this year uh but for sure uh like when i was in san francisco uh like i heard it a lot <laughs> um, uh, from asian and hispanic people uh, again not not even necessarily towards me but i would hear them speaking to each other uh and using it and then yeah sometimes towards me also so What's up, Missy? Um, I I just I'm so flummoxed by that. Like like I that's so baseline. Just don't. Just just don't. Just don't. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I I would I would agree with that. But I also I also I I take context in your example. Like I I can tell when someone's using it when someone's trying to be like you're my friend and choosing a different word versus like I need I I need to be on alert. Like this is this is a situation. Um, and I've, I've experienced both sometimes after a comedy show with really drunk people will, you know, let some, some, some stuff slide. And it's just, again, it's normally them being like, we're friends. We're cool. I'm so sorry and embarrassed for you. 
you get you get used to it. You know, it's just, it's just like 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 you're saying any other group. Like I don't I don't hear a lot. I personally do not hear a lot of racial slurs in general being used in like a negative way. That's just something that the people that I uh, am around don't often use. But um, usually when I hear racial slurs now, it's the group talking about someone else in the in the group. That's the majority of when I hear it. Non-black, uh, I mean, well, black people included, but I'm saying like in my experience of non uh in not inward related humor well and that makes sense like you know we talk about this in the recovery community a lot like if you want to call yourself a junkie fine man do your thing i think it's ridiculous but you can call yourself that because you've been there but if someone was to call me a junkie i may take a swing at him like that is a that is a not a cool thing that to, to say to call somebody if you don't get it Obviously, very different extremes. You know, if you call me a junkie, you're just an asshole. If you were to call you the N-word, like, you're trying to be as provocative as you possibly can. Sure. But that makes me think of the whole situation with Miles. Wasn't it Miles Leonard, right? Myers Leonard? Yeah. Myers Leonard. Who, Myers, yeah. Myers Leonard, who used the word kike. And, like, that. my argument during that was that that's such an obscure slur. Calling somebody a Jew in a negative way is, is like your go-to. Kike is, has become so obscure that you don't know. You don't just know that word. Like you have to know that word. That was my like, yo, he needs to be like taught about this because if he just was like, oh, you fucking Jew, like, all right, dude, like, don't be a dick. But to call somebody a kike in 2021 means you know your shit. Like that's real anti-Semitism. No, hundred percent. I, uh, that's, that was, well, <laughs> so, uh, I, when that happened, I tried to, anyway, we don't need to get into it, but the point is like, so I don't use from, I do not use the word. I don't like, and they're like, we don't need to get, this is a whole thing, whatever, but I don't. Right. And so when I listen to rap lyrics, like I have a, like a thing in my brain that like, of course I hear it, but when I sing along, like I don't because it's, it's not a word I use. And so when I hear it, it kind of rings a little, so I say all that to say that, like, in the years that I've been to rap concerts and what I've, I've never slipped up. And that's because it's not a word I use. So when people say that, oh, it just slips. Well, that's because you use it. Right. <laughs> that's because it's new. Yes. I've never slipped and in, in said the, that, that K word. I've never. It's never come out of my mouth because it's not in there. So when, but you know what? I've accidentally called a woman a bitch for sure. I absolutely have because that word is in my mouth. It's a word that I use. So I've, I've never slipped and used a word that isn't regularly in my lexicon ever. Great analogy. I get that. I, obviously, as, as you, you know, big fan of rap, the same. I've never accidentally while singing along, you know, said that because after what 20 years of rap fandom, uh, I am good at skipping over that word. You have to be ready for it uh, to, to use it. You, like you said, you has to be already locked and loaded for it to slip out. You know, yeah. oh, it just fired. Well, why was it loaded in the first place? Yes, exactly. Um, why was it in there? So two happier questions before we sign off. Number one, yes. uh, tell, tell people watching or listening, because uh, this will be replayed on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, talk about shows coming up where people can listen and enjoy your, your laughter. 
Yeah, I am uh, at Spark Tabor on all social media, uh, except for Twitch. Uh, so if you just put Spark, you know, I spell that T-A-B-O-R, you'll find me. Uh, on the scroller below, there's uh, the, the Twitch is we well, we used to do a weekly show on Monday at 730. This Monday, the 17th will be our last one. Uh, but if you want to hear, if you want to watch me play video games while hearing me talk about whatever you want to talk about, that's that. Um, and then... The other, uh, the anchor is my podcast. That's Cookies for Breakfast. Uh, I do it solo most of the time, but I do have guests uh, and we cover sex, dating, current events, and pop culture. Uh, so you, uh, if you're interested in hearing my and other people's opinions on those topics, uh, the, the Twitch and the Cookies for Breakfast and the Patreon is um, just bonus material from that. It's 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 the stuff that I don't release to the public. Uh, as little as two dollars, you can join the Gobble Gang. Any chance that we're gonna see you touring a little bit this summer, or are you still waiting until maybe the fall or next winter before that happens? Um, I'm looking around. I got offered uh, a, a gig in Washington not too long ago that I couldn't take, but um, well, wouldn't couldn't end one. It doesn't matter. Um, I uh, I am. I'm going to be an indie tomorrow. Like I'm starting to rev back up. I've been fully vaccinated since February, so uh, well since early March. So I'm just ready. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm trying to pick and choose my moments, but. Yeah, once things seem to calm down a little bit more, like I will be fully out there. And I have a lot. I had a, a list of 2020, 2021 goals that I uh, had set out for that obviously most of them got interrupted. And that includes performing in a lot of new states. I saw Missy's comment, Washington. Yes, that is the, the, the state that I was invited to perform in. Spoke, Spokane was the location, which is anyway. Yes, is the answer to that question. Uh, but if you're following me on Instagram, especially, I, I post my dates there. I haven't been doing that, but I will again. Yeah, I, I'm seeing the same thing you are. I went from literally not hearing a peep from people for 16, 17 months, whatever it was, to now I have five things on the calendar in the next six weeks. So it, it just, the floodgates are starting to open and it is really, uh, I, I think it's intelligent to be more picky and not take everything because uh, that is a super easy way to get oversaturated real quick. I agree. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the nice thing about speaking engagements is, uh, you know, you can do a lot of those from, from anywhere and it, and it translates pretty, pretty well uh, in comparison to more perf performative art forms. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're out there. I'm going to go see a movie on Friday. Like, I'm starting to, uh, you know, like, get back in into this. And uh, I'm excited for you for that. I'm excited for, for me. And we're going to, um, wherever we go uh, a little bit later in the year, like, I, like I'm obviously going to be looking for comedy there as well. It's just going to be a good time. All right, final question before we, we end this thing. Definitively. <laughs> You know, your thing is cookies. Yes. What is Spark Tabor's top three cookie flavors? Oh, uh, heck yeah. Easy, easy peasy, baby. Uh, of course, it depends on the, the, the person or people who are making them. But this is uh, already so thoughtful. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, because one, someplace, but if, if we're just, if we're saying like all cookies of the world are, are, the, are the same quality in this one moment, right? So, number one, Snickerdoodle for sure. 
it's a it's a spicy sugar cookie. You cannot mess it up. Um, well, Diddy's talking about textures. There's there is an argument for soft versus hard, uh, but we're talking flavors, not texture. Anyway, Snickerdoodles number one, no question. Uh, also, for people listening, I don't like chocolate, so I understand you guys are like, what about chocolate chip and double chocolate? What about eating grass? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we <laughs> mentioning things that aren't good? Uh, all right, so Snickerdoodle number one. Sugar, uh, sugar cookies, number two. I know you guys aren't agree with me. Like, that's just sugar. And, and well, yes, it is. And it's fantastic. Uh, and then number three, uh, confetti cookies, which is, uh, I know they're like, those are the same thing as sugar with sprinkles. No, they're not. Not the type that I'm talking about. They're different. They have more of a cakey feel. Um, and because one is good, I'm not a cow. Diddy, your opinions are trash. Anyway, those are the three. Um, I will. I would say oatmeal raisin, but like, there's only like two good oatmeal raisin cookies, and the rest are terrible. So it's like you 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 can't trust oatmeal raisin like you can some of the others. Those are the three. All right. Well, that was that was <laughs> expertly done and better than I could have hoped for. Uh, Spark Tabor, thank you as always for being here tonight. Thank you for having me, Jay. Love you.